You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Yes. Welcome, everybody, for another QB Power Hour. We're very happy to have you joining us today. Today's topic is tech trends in the accounting industry with Blake, Oliver, and Relay. And we've got great information for you. So I'm really glad you guys are all joining us. I know how busy you are with tax season. So thank you for being here. My name is Michelle Long. I'm a CPA with an MBA in entrepreneurship, uh, owner of Long for Success in Kansas City, author of some books, trainer for Intuit. Very glad to have you all joining me today. Please join us in the Facebook group there. You see the link for it. It is a very active group, um, and you can continue the conversation there after today's webinar. Dan, go ahead. Yeah, my name is Dan DeLong, owner of Danwith. I worked at Intuit for nearly 18 years, co-host of today's Power Hour, as well as co-host of uh, Workshop Wednesdays on schoolofbookkeeping.com, tech editor for QBO for Dummies, and recently as a top 10 pro advisor for social media. And obviously, am currently in uh, New Orleans. <laughs> uh, so we have some guests today. So uh, Dan, you want to uh, introduce yourself? And we'll pass it over to Blake. So for the purpose of this webinar, I'll be referred to as Daniel. So we don't have two <laughs> Dan's. <laughs> I'm Dan Gertrudes, uh, CEO and uh, founder of uh, Growth Lab. We're a finances service firm, so we're not a traditional CPA firm. I actually cut my teeth about 15 years in large Fortune 100 companies, really with more of a focus on finance rather than accounting um, and capital markets and working with uh, financial plan analysis. And about uh, eight, nine years ago, started working with startups. And uh, that's where the idea for Growth Lab came about, helping scaling startups and um, uh, small, medium-sized businesses with their finance and accounting value stream. And so we've built that business around those five pillars, bookkeeping, controllership, FP&A, CFO, and then lastly, tax advisory. And I am Blake Oliver. I'm a CPA and I'm the co-host of the Cloud Accounting Podcast. Very good to be with you today, Daniel. I'm also Relay Financial's accounting community advocate. So if you are an accountant or bookkeeper and you are interested in modern banking, uh, I am your point of contact in terms of you know, how can we make this better? What can we do uh, to support the accounting community? Very excited to be here today. Talk to you all. Awesome. And I'm Deanna. Hi, everyone. I am a product specialist here at Relay, and it is my role to talk to accountants and bookkeepers all day, every day about how Relay can make your life easier. And I think it's a great way to spend my day. So awesome. Glad to be here. Thanks for joining us, uh, all of you. Uh, Blake, I'm, I'm really excited that, that you're here as well as Daniel and, and Deanna. Um, I'm I've loved to watch uh, Blake's journey through uh, the different companies that he's been affiliated with, and, and <laughs> I think Relay is is a great, great, uh, great fit for you. Um, so, a little bit about the uh, details of the the QB Power Hour webinar series. Uh, obviously, it's every other Tuesday at noon Eastern, whether or not it's a Mardi Gras or not. Uh, but today, uh, we'll be talking about the the tech trends and accounting, um, and then. Uh, in two weeks, we'll be having leveraging partnerships uh, to build your practice. Uh, Michelle and I are actually going to uh, to Intuit, the mothership, uh, next week, and we'll be talking about some of these. Uh, you know, we'll be making some of those partnerships uh, next week, so it'll be really cool to to see how this plays out. Um, and then uh, Intuit will be joining us on uh, the 29th. Uh, we'll be talking a lot about uh, converting desktop data to QuickBooks Online uh, best practices and things of that nature. Because uh, I don't know if you saw, uh, there is a, uh, you know, for years and years and years, the, uh, the limit for converting data from desktop to online, the limit was 350,000. And now just Without fanfare, it's gone up to 750,000. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, those types of things uh, on that power hour. Uh, if you need any resources, the, uh, the handouts, the uh, prior uh, webinars that we've had, it's all at qbpowerhour.com slash resources. Um, so there's no, no CPA for the webinar series. Um, I do need to talk to Blake about your mark a little bit. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> and how we can do that. <laughs> um, but if you have questions specific to the content that's being talked about today, please put that in the Q&A. You should see that at the bottom of your Zoom webinar uh, uh, toolbar. Uh, click the Q&A to ask specific questions. If you have comments or chat type of things, go ahead and put that in the chat. And then, of course, we have the links there for the um, uh, the, the, the handout. So, uh, Blake, you want to uh, kind of tell us what, what we're in for today? Yeah, absolutely. So I am all about technology trends. If you listen to my podcast, the Cloud Accounting Podcast, that's where we live. It's at the intersection of accounting and technology. And I think anybody who's had their eyes open the last 10 years has seen just how dramatic the impact has been on our profession. So we're going to talk about technology trends, but also people trends. That is impacting a lot of what is going on in our profession right now, the talent shortage. It's having a interrelated effect with technology. We're using technology to solve that problem. We're going to talk about what the opportunities are for your firms. Obviously, there's challenges. In every challenge, there is an opportunity. I believe that firmly. Uh, and then finally, we'll look at a walkthrough of modern banking with Relay. And then we'll have some time for Q&A at the end, I hope. I, I always say this in a webinar. <laughs> it's We all know <laughs> how much there is to talk about. Please put your questions in as we go, because then we'll make sure to uh, answer them during the polling questions or leave time at the end. Absolutely. Uh, so speaking of polling questions, we'll start off uh, with the polling question. What accounting software uh, do you use? Let me go ahead and launch that. And I'll stop my sharing so that Blake can start sharing. I'll get mine going while the polling question is happening. Uh, I'm kind of curious how many people uh, that are with us today listen to the Cloud Accounting Podcast, because that is, uh, I mean, you and David are... Um, you have a great dynamic and and uh, a great podcast. You know just the way that you uh, you guys work through work through that. And if you're not listening to the Cloud Accounting Podcast, you you should. Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, we've been doing it for three four years now, so we've we've had plenty of practice to get it good. <laughs> you know, my my goal is to help you stay on top of everything going on in the technology side of the accounting profession, especially client accounting services or outsourced bookkeeping or outsourced accounting or whatever you like to call it. That's where I come from. That's my home as a, as a bookkeeper. So I'm very, very passionate about it. All right. So I'll go ahead and it looks like most people have uh, responded to the first poll question. So it looks like most folks are doing QuickBooks online. Um, some people are doing other stuff, so we won't we won't talk about that. <laughs> but there are other things out there, so we definitely want to throw a nod to them. So, uh, Blake, go ahead and uh, let's let's kick this off here. All right. So let's talk about the biggest trends in accounting twenty twenty two and beyond. Um, and here is how we have tried to distill everything going on for this webinar: three categories. We've got people trends, we've got technology trends, and then those combined give us new processes at scale. And one of the reasons I'm very excited to be talking to Daniel Gertrudes on this webinar is that Growth Lab, of all the firms that I follow, that I talk to, Growth Lab has really figured out how to offer a new kind of accounting service at scale. And Daniel is going to give us some of his tips and tricks for how to do that as we talk about these technology trends and some of his insights into how to solve for these challenges presented by these trends. So the, the people trend, let's talk about that. The great resignation, we have all heard this term, I believe at this point, perhaps we're also facing it in our firms. There was an article in Accounting Today recently, firms face the great resignation, but this is not just in accounting. This is not something that we're only seeing in the accounting publications that we're only talking about in accounting webinars and bookkeeping webinars. This has even gone into the mainstream consciousness. There was an article in The Verge the other day that we talked about on my podcast. The headline is overtaxed. Busy season is here, but some public accountants aren't. Talking about how the great resignation is having such a dramatic impact in our profession that it is causing financial reporting risks. 
the possibility that financial statements in public companies might not get delivered on time, that there might be internal control deficiencies because there simply aren't enough qualified people to work in these accounting and finance teams. It's, it's kind of amazing to think that the problem is that big. Uh, and some consultants in this, in this article cited as saying, you know, the, this is a real thing, this could happen. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if at some point we had uh, some financial reporting misstatements and restatements as a result of the great resignation. So where Dan, are they going? Where are they going? Like, well, where, where, is it because they're not, you know, they're just going to do something else or what? Well, and that's the thing. I'm curious, actually, uh, Dan, to t- yeah. let's talk about this, right? Like, so you're, you have a practice. You guys are, how many, how big's your team now at this point? 34. 34. Okay. So big enough to feel the impact of this, right? Right. Um, at, and, and have some idea of, of where it's going. Um, and you talk to other firm owners, like, give us your take on this as an insider, as a firm owner. Is, yeah, definitely. What's this going, what's going on? And, and it's, it's more than just us from the accounting industry. I mean, we, we work with over 200 companies and our customers are feeling this too. It is those industries that are ingrained in tradition, AKA accounting, CPA. Those are the ones that are really suffering. I remember back about two years ago, or actually a year and a half ago, when one of my financial analysts that were on the FP&A side, he literally like quit and he gave me his two weeks notice. I'll uh, leave him nameless because he's still with us. But I, I called him up that, that Saturday and I said, hey, you just gave us your, your, your two weeks notice. What's going on? He said, you know, I've been wanting to do this. This may be the opportunity. I wanted to go out West. I wanted to hike. I wanted to travel. And I said, well, why can't you do that while you're working for us? And his response was, well, I don't think you would let me. And I said, oh, my God, what have I created here? And I think that's the underlying issue, right? If, uh, if, these, if the accounting industry isn't ready to embrace and call it a paradigm shift, blame it on COVID, but let's be realistic, like this has been happening for years, we have to be able to embrace this. And it is difficult. I get it, right? How do you how do, how does a traditional industry that is ingrained in personal contact, right, having to be physically present, how do you change the underlying DNA of your business to meet this ever like ever changing need of of the uh, of the employee base? And there's some fundamental challenges that we have, given that accounting often has a busy season, right? <laughs> right. Tax has a busy season. Financial accounting has a busy season. So how do we, as a profession, figure out how to give people flexibility, give people the work-life balance that they want, that they got a taste of during the pandemic, working from mm-hmm. home? How do we give that to people all year around? All year round? Um, Man, you know, I, I'm going to be, so I'm biased. We never built our business on that, that uh, long seasonality cycle that you see maybe in traditional CPA firms that are you know focused on tax and focused on audit. We built the business so that you had a tax time of every week or every month. So every week or every month or biweekly, you're touching the customer and maintaining the books so that when you do hit the busy season, which is just tax season, it doesn't take as much to get to the next step, right? Because we control everything from the nuts and bolts of the daily transactions and and the monthly fiscal closes, so that when you do hit year end, it's not a complete S show, right? That's right. Uh, going from doing all the work in the three months, four months per year. Well, really, it's more like six six months or more now. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not getting yeah. shoeboxes full of receipts on, right. in December, right? And, and spreading it out throughout the year with fewer clients. That is one of the solutions that I have heard firms doing is is we are we are going to offer more for our clients year round therefore when busy season does come we don't have this giant rush of work right and, and then it's all hands on deck during tax right. season so you're taking bookkeepers and uh, staff accountants to go be you know prepping taxes yeah so so i'm i'm looking in the the chat and and mark says mark says many i know have quit to go 100% remote forever and and jerry says remote I think that's four exclamation points. <laughs> yes, freedom. Yes, flexible. And, and personally, I couldn't agree more. I, during the last two years, I moved out from Los Angeles to Scottsdale, Arizona. 
where, as you know, I mean, you can have twice the house for the same amount of money and, and the lifestyle is just completely different, right? Maybe I'm not two commuting. years ago. Yeah, I'm not commuting. Yeah, maybe two years ago, I was lucky to move early. But, but the, the idea is the same, right? Is that when you work remotely and flexibly, you can go and have a, a quality of life that's completely different than what you had when you were in a big metro. Um, and, and, you know, I might just add to this too, because my yeah. son, he's, he's 30 now and he's a CPA as well. And, and I see some of it on your new talent landscape here. When he was graduating college, he totally did not want to go with a traditional CPA firm. He did not want those long hours. He didn't want all that. So, you know, then, you know, he, he did get a nice job and, had, and worked under a CPA so he could get licensed and everything. But after four or five years, he had had enough of that. He did not want to work full time. He, like you all said, he wanted to have the flexibility to work, you know, part time with benefits to be able to go hiking and camping and all that. He moved out to Boise, Idaho to be near the mountains and everything. And he, he, Actually, now as a QB Live bookkeeper, as many of you have heard, he went from 40 hours a week to 30. He wanted to work remotely even before this pandemic hit and everything. But like you see on there, more difficult to hire the younger accountants. He he's I consider him young, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, he did not want to do the traditional path. He did not want 40 hours a week. You know, thank goodness he's with a company like Intuit that will give him benefits as a part-time worker, but he wanted that freedom and that flexibility to only work 30 hours a week so he could take three-day weekends and stuff. So it is definitely a mindset change, and it was pre-pandemic. I think the pandemic just exacerbated it when all these people saw what remote work, the the benefits of it, you know, so... That's an amazing story, and I hadn't heard that one, Michelle, and and it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I talked to my fellow millennials and the the younger folks even. People do not want the traditional career path anymore. And accounting for uh, decades and decades has been this this very set career path where you go to school, you major in accounting, you get the CPA, you go into the big four, you work the 60 to 70 hours a week for as many years as it takes – to get that promotion and then maybe you exit to industry. But, yep. but people are saying, why should I do that? Why shouldn't I just go start my own thing? Why shouldn't I go work for a small firm? They're questioning the entire career path. Yes. And, and that's a big opportunity for us. I know it's mostly small firms on this webinar. We can recruit those all-star it's A-list huge. people, right? Dan, yes, who yeah. are you recruiting? So I just had this conversation on our podcast, The Faz Evolution with Kenji, and this is exactly what we talked about. You know, in college, you have this binary like um, exit from college and you enter the career force by either going with public, which is great. You go super wide, but you go very shallow with relationships and understanding of business models, or you go with corporate America, you get an inside job. You go super deep with that business model. You create amazing relationships and intimacy, and you have like the ability to grow your career. It'll take a while. You'll get shoved into a cubicle for a few years, but you don't really go wide. You don't get to see a lot. What I say to when we're out there recruiting, I say, you get the best of both worlds when you come to work for us or companies like ours. You get to go very wide. You get to see a lot of different business models. You get to see venture-backed companies, companies in turnaround restructuring mode. You get to see different industries. And you get to still have that intimacy with a management team. You get to go deep. So you go wide and you go deep when you go with firms like ours. And that's our selling point here. Because we don't pay as much as like the top 100 firms. I'll tell you that. Yeah, but you don't have to anymore. You don't have because to. Because that's not... And that's the mistake I think a lot of firm owners are making or a lot of leaders in our profession are making when they talk about the solution to this problem. They seem to focus on salary. I would say salary is like second or third on the list. It's flexibility. Yes. It's flexibility number one. To to live to live life and not just like to live to live and not just live to work. So. Yeah. And, you know, even 30 years ago, when I had my first child, Andrew, that's why I quit. I wanted the flexibility. And that's when I started my own firm. I wanted the flexibility to be able to take off to go to a PTA meeting or a school you know, field trip or a picnic or whatever the school was doing to be able to to schedule my work around my family life and be able to have that freedom and flexibility. So even 30 years ago, you know, I quit because of that. So it's definitely a much more prevalent issue today than it was 30 years ago. And and moms were leading the way when it came mm-hmm. to that. And they were yep. getting, and you want, you want to talk about like the problem with diversity in accounting? 
why are why why do women only represent twenty three percent of partners in firms? It's yep. because they leave before they get there because the work life balance just doesn't support having a family, yep. and that's not just women anymore. Like I'm a dad, I have a seven year old son. Because of flexibility, I get to go pick him up from school every day at three p.m. and I'm the one who does the homework and hangs out with him after school because my wife has a corporate job. The gender roles are switching around, and I love it. Like yes, definitely. My, my dad was a corporate drone. Okay, I saw him. <laughs> if I was lucky, I saw him for dinner, and he was gone traveling most of the week, most of the, a lot of the time. Right. So like, I I don't want that for my son, and it's kind of amazing. Like the, the the people who have not had the flexibility have a really hard time imagining it. Um, and yes. and he he sees he sees what I have now with my family, and he's he says this is better. Right. This is the way it should be. So we need to move on. From people. We could talk about this all day. <laughs> we could talk. That could be a whole yes. series, right, yeah. of webinars is how you deal with that. But I think we're we've we've kind of all agreed, right? It's it's flexibility is really important to people. Salary secondary. Let's give them the flexibility they want. Now, here's the funny thing, as we go into the automation and technology, there's a weird uh, disconnect here between what people are saying about technology and automation, and then what we're seeing in the the workforce. So. The robots are coming for fill-in accounting. This was an article, I think it was last year in the New York Times, talking about how big companies are using automation technology to eliminate workers. But how does that pose a threat when we've got this great resignation going on? It's almost like the the great resignation has, has happened now and totally eliminated this threat. Like, I'm not worried as an accountant about getting automated. I doubt anyone here listening to this webinar is worried about getting automated. If anything, there's too much work. Dan, you probably have more work than you can handle right now. So th there's a little bit of like caution into the wind here. One thing that we have had to do in the last six years is change how we train new accounting in FP&A uh, team members. Back in the day, you could put a new hire uh, into a corner and code, code all day long, right? Beginning to understand the basics. Now, there isn't a whole lot of coding due to technology. And to boot, you have this shift in how and where people want to work. In other words, they're not in the office. So how do you take a 22, 25-year-old right out of college with not a whole lot of quote-unquote entry-level grunt work to be done? How do you elevate that person in the next three to six months to make that individual cash flow positive? That is actually a very big challenge. We've been able to work with it because our team is still relatively small. Um, but I can't imagine if this was a 100-person uh, business, how would we balance the two? How do we capture young talent? Because that, that is like the future, right? Mm -hmm. You need the young talent. And by the way, we have, if you were to look at a histogram of our business from an age perspective, it is nice and even. Like I would say the mean age is like 40 and it just drops off 50, 50 on each side. The problem is how do you have remote workers with little to no experience and train them in a highly automated accounting environment? Yes. That is a real challenge. I'm running a remote business. Dan mentioned my earmark business. It's a CPE business. And I have an employee in Ohio. I've got a developer in Pakistan. I've got a CPA in the Philippines. We are all completely remote and the time zones don't line up. So training people is my biggest challenge, especially since I also give them work flexibility. So I have no idea when they're working. And I have found for myself personally that I do a lot of videos, Loom videos. I use Descript now. That's a new tool that I've discovered that's amazing to make videos documenting my process for everything I do. So every time I do something, I make a video. And that way somebody can watch it and follow along. It's, it's sort of like, to me, the, the asynchronous version of them following over my shoulder as I do something in the office. But I'm not sure that totally solves the problem, especially when you're trying to build a firm culture like how do we how do we build culture in a firm when everybody is spread all over the place? That's a tough one, but I will tell you, like the technology piece has allowed us to eliminate waste and rework, especially on the FP&A side. Right when we're trying to build Excel spreadsheets back in the day, I could take 
couple of analysts, put them in a room, grind it out in front of a whiteboard and on a monitor and build out these business models, the financial models, budget to actuals, all the reporting that comes out. But we would spend a lot of time. It would not be cost effective ultimately for that typical like $10 million a year, you know, type of small business. But because of technology, you know, for example, giraffe on the FPA side, or whether it's Fathom or Live. So these tools are allowing us to improve quality and reduce the waste that comes along with people. And people are very expensive now. And so, yeah, technology has totally helped us even scale the FPA side of the business. And we don't even have to talk about the debate between cloud and desktop anymore, which I'm so glad we're through, through with. Here's a chart of QuickBooks Online subscriber growth, up to four and a half million subscribers the last time Intuit broke this out. They stopped breaking it out, <laughs> which to me indicates we're done. So let's talk about the new frontier of accounting technology. Bookkeeping automation, this is how I made my career. I started a business doing uh, bookkeeping, cloud-based bookkeeping, and, and doing fixed fees and all that stuff with automation. I automated 80% of my own job, went from being an hourly bookkeeper to being a firm owner fixed fees, right? That is all table stakes now. Pre-accounting tools, we've got those widely adopted. We're now using tools like uh, HubDoc, AutoEntry, Dex, whatever you want to get information into accounting systems. We're no longer processing paper. No code is starting to transform accounting firms. We're starting to build apps for our clients. We're starting to use Zapier or even go beyond that with tools like Integramat and maybe even some RPA. Uh, and now automation is coming for post-accounting insights. And this is where I'm really excited to talk to you, Dan, about what you're doing at Growth Lab when it comes to the insights you're offering to accountants to be more advisory in your practice. So when we combine people and technology, what do we get? We get productized services. Right. You taught me about this, and especially when it comes to delivering insights to clients. Let's move through this. And we're at about the 30 minute mark. So we'll spend perhaps five, 10 minutes on this. Let's just go through it. Give people a, an overview of what you were doing at Growth Lab. You call it finance as a service. Finance is a service, isn't it? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So, you know, I would actually take it back to guys like you 10, 12 years ago. The accounting and bookkeeping world has always been highly automated, productized. There's been a, a movement for many years to go from hourly to fixed price. You could put a bow tie, a silver platter, deliver it monthly, quality controls, et cetera. But then on this side, which is the world I came into after I left corporate America, I'm like, wait a minute, this is great, but everybody has bookkeeping. Everybody has an accounting. It's like, what about what you really need, which is how much cash do I need to build out my business over the next three to five years? Uh, how about the reporting, whether it's to the board or to the management team? Everything there was always, well, I can do that for a buck fifty an hour, two fifty an hour. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're going to have been spinning your wheels and you know, a guy with an individual with 40 years of experience, you're just a spreadsheet jockey at that point, right? It didn't make sense. Why is it that the FPNA side, we call it the FPNA post accounting, like why can't that be productized, systematized, whatever you want to call it? just like bookkeeping and accounting. And that's what's sort of a page out of like your book and folks like you that started this like movement 10, 12 years ago. Again, not coming from this industry, I looked at it a little bit more like carte blanche, like anybody can do the bookkeeping and accounting, but why aren't we doing this here? So to summarize, you're taking all this Excel work that used to be done by highly paid, super experienced CFO type people, you're productizing it. You are simplifying it so that you can have your team do this instead of just some some one individual, one individual. And you're giving, you're giving like, like 20 something year olds, the opportunity to fast track their career through FPNA, director of finance, CFO. Why? It goes back to, you see a lot and you need to get to go super deep with these business models. So let's talk about these four questions that you ask clients. This is how you approach every engagement. I think this is really interesting because we don't often ask this as accounts and bookkeepers. So these are like the four major challenges that like any small business have. Like, do they have all four? No, because for some, it's not going to be as relevant. But every small business, like every management team, every CEO, they're always just like, hey, I made a million bucks on my P&L, but I don't see it in my bank account, right? It's like they're challenged with understanding their cash flow. Simple. Like, 
It's not a gap or a FASB issue. It's just like, where's my cash? Follow the breadcrumbs. You start with a statement of cash flow, not the PL, right? Where am I making losing money? Well, that's just like how you're organizing your data on your PL. How do you how do you actually market for profit, right? A lot of small businesses are like, oh yeah, I booked a million dollars in revenue, 50% more than the year before. But then I'm like looking at your gross margins, like it didn't move. They don't understand that, right? They just they just see the big numbers. And then the most important, which I think is like the holy grail in business, especially with remote work, guys. Like yes. Especially with remote work, you can't be paying people to clock in nine to five, right? Those days are over. You can't just throw 50,000 bucks at somebody that say you're a full-time exempt, non-exempt employee. There's got to be some other, something else to juice up aligned behavior with company goals. That's how do you pay for performance, but you can't pay for performance unless you've got a long range plan or an annual operating plan, right? You need goals. You need like some direction. So people are moving in the same direction. So the components, the component starts with like the framework, right? That's the stuff that happens every single year, whether it's your annual operating plan, your long range plan, employee comp structure, updating your annual operating plan. And it can go on and on. Not every small business is going to need something every month, but every small business needs to review their internal controls. Every small business should be reviewing their chart of accounts. Does it still make sense based on the direction of the company? The point being here, guys, is you can, if you've got the framework, that's the overarching big why. Now you can begin to develop things like, okay, you need a three-year plan. You need an annual operating plan. And every month, we're going to roll forward your forecast. We're going to review your actuals to budget. And oh, by the way, if you're using technology, I no longer need to spend hours looking for that needle in a haystack because the bookkeeper or the accountant, I hate to blame it on them, changed the chart of accounts. So- to summarize this, you're doing a lot for your clients, but I think the, the key takeaway for me is you are working with them all year long to answer these questions. And the components that you've outlined here are ways that you empower your staff to do this on a regular basis. And what does that mean? Take it back to the people problem. It means that you can train people to do this who are coming out of college that want flexible and remote opportunities. So you can solve your own people problem in your firm because you've created a product that they can learn how to deliver. And then you're using technology to do this in a way that was not possible before, like in a scalable way. Profitable, scalable Profitable, way. Scalable yep. way. So this is to me like the future of an accounting practice, outsourced accounting. Um, if I were building a practice again, this is what I would be working toward. Because if you think about it, this is what people really need help with. This is what they want. They want a CFO for their practice and most small businesses or a CFO for their business. Most small businesses can't afford, can't afford it. a CFO. So, <laughs> but they need the framework, but they need the framework. They need help raising money. They need help with year end compliance. A lot of us are doing that already. Right. But what about mm -hmm. the other stuff? The employee reviews, making a budget for them, making a forecast, KPIs, dashboards, all that stuff. Right. Yeah, That's this, is this is like the about. bigger picture, the big why. Every every month during the year, there is something you could deliver. I'm not saying it's for every company. A million dollar revenue company versus a twenty million dollar revenue, it's going to have the the depth and breadth will look a little different. But then you just adjust your pricing based on like what components of the entire cycle that they need. Yep. And yes, you're right. You're already doing parts of this tax, tax planning. Uh, you know, there's probably other things you're doing in here, right? Working with the bankers sometimes. And then after this, it's just like, think about it this way. Like you got this bicycle. Remember the clown bikes where you got like a big bike, a big wheel, a small wheel, right? This is the big wheel. This thing turns one time a year. The accounting right. is churning 12 times a year. Yep. And, and this is where you can charge that monthly subscription. That is thousands of dollars per month. And your team is not stressed out dealing with a thousand clients. You can have far fewer. So and they're working together. Yep. The whole team works together. So these are components of FAST. We'll we'll move through this. We don't have yep. to get into detail, but we basically don't. long range plan. What we're talking about there is uh, forecasts, multi-year forecasts, annual operating plan. We're talking about 12 month budgets, right? These are not super complicated things. No. Rolling forecasts is where you combine them, right? Into a, a you know, 12 months into the future. Yeah, this is the capstone on the prior month yeah. and you move it forward 12 months. And then the monthly reviews and analysis, right? Meeting with your clients on a regular basis. 
uh, to go over the numbers, do a, a budget versus actuals, that sort of thing. You guys are doing that for every client. Correct. Create structure yeah. and then repeat, repeat, repeat. Yep. So I guess I've already said that, right? The future of advisory is this sort of thing. Um, I would add into that cash management as a service or treasury management as a service. And this is our tie-in to Relay, which is modern business banking that allows you to actually do this for clients as opposed to just handing it off to a third-party banking relationship. You can actually help your clients with their banking and manage it for them, which I think is a really positive value-add service that we can offer for, for people. So let's get to our second polling question. Back to you, Dan. Right. So how many clients do you currently serve? Um, some of the questions that, that popped up here, a lot of it uh, talk yes. about um, uh, co the culture um, mentality. The co the, um, let's talk Dan, a little bit more we, about that. Go ahead. Before we get into that, a, a real easy one here. Daniel, what is ADP? It's not ADP payroll processing, is it? AOP. It should be AOP. Annual, Annual operating plan. Operating plan. Okay. Some I, I, on that chart, somebody was asking what was ADP, and I it didn't sound like payroll to me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was wrong. So annual operating plan. Thank you for clarifying. Sorry, Dan, you wanted to ask about culture and ethics. Yeah, so a lot of people are asking questions about the you know is is the culture you know is the culture uh, super important? We'll talk a little bit more about you know the culture, Daniel, that that you've created and and how, how of its importance. So I think it's important. Uh, and my team believes it's important. Um, somebody, somebody made a, a video or in a blog, I think like three or four weeks ago, it was like culture over everything else. Um, I think it's really impossible to have a scalable remote workforce. I'm not talking like merc like mercenaries, right? You're paying by the hour, you get a contract. I'm talking like company company employees, that they won't leave you on a whim because there's no relationship to the business. They don't have coworkers. Without company I think, culture, I, I think don't know that's, how you keep it together. I think loyalty is probably the, the biggest component of, of culture is that, you know, if you can create uh, loyalty to your company on somebody who has, who has total freedom to, to choose otherwise, that is, uh, that's the real importance of, of the culture. Well, and one thing that creates loyalty and makes people want to stick around is when they have meaning in their work. And we breeze through a lot of what Dan does in terms of the the actual deliverables to the client. But like my takeaway is it's it's offering a view of the future to clients. It's helping them achieve their goals. And what is more meaningful as an accountant, an accounting professional, than helping clients achieve their business goals and their personal goals. And we can we can do that now with technology. So if you want to create a positive culture in your firm, get your team not just filling out tax returns and filing 1099s, get them helping clients build out those multi-year forecasts so that that client can sell their business someday and, and, and get where they want to go. Like that gets me excited. Like I would go work for a firm like that. So shall we share the results? How many clients do yes. you serve? Yeah, the, yeah. the so majority. We'll take, uh, majority is uh, one to ten, uh, to eleven to eleven to thirty. Is that uh, where, where uh, Daniel? Where are you at in your firm in this? Oh, we're a hundred plus. Hundred plus. All right, let's continue. Fantastic. On. All right, so I'm going to hand things over now for a brief walkthrough of Relay and Modern Banking. Okay, thank you very much. Just wait to share my screen here. Yep. And I'll stop sharing. <laughs> That's usually helpful, isn't that, it? That will help. <laughs> Fantastic. So we'll go through a fast track demo of Relay today. And for those who are unfamiliar with what Relay is, we are a uh, business bank designed for firm owners, um, bookkeepers, accountants to work well with their clients. So finally, a bank that helps you collaborate rather than bump your heads 
constantly. So the very first feature I want to show off here is the Relay Partner Portal. So you can see I've got my own bookkeeping bank account here, and there are four other accounts here. So these are actually four of my clients that are using Relay. So we're all using the same bank. So that means I've got that direct access to them. So all I have to do to access their account is simply click right in. So this is going to eliminate a problem like sharing personal passwords, chasing around 2FA codes, all those things that you typically have to do as an advisor to access your client's bank. So you're able to hop directly in here. Um, something I'd love to show off is a pain point advisors often bring up is access to check images. So you might have read-only access at your client's bank, but depending on the bank, that may or may not include the information that you need. So when you look at a check deposit and relay, you've got who made that deposit, you've got the photo of the check, and you also have a note left about the check. So when you're doing a mobile deposit through our app, you're actually required to leave this note. And it's specifically to help you out on the back end, eliminate any questions you might have about why or what this check is doing here. That is a huge benefit. I mean, I, I, I just... It deserves a pause. Like a, like a, <laughs> a round of applause. <laughs> right? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a huge time saver there. And along with a check image, really also provides enriched data. So what I mean by that is we can see there's quite a few different card transactions here. This is all from a relay debit card. And we can provide the brand logo and name for all of the transactions. So right off the bat, you should realistically know where most of the transactions are coming from. But if you see a brand that you don't recognize, like let's use Sutter Stockton here, you can get some more information. So when you click into it, of course, we've got the amount and the date. You can see that Relay has categorized this as a parking lot. So perfect, I understand. But we also have the business phone number, the website, the address, and the map location of this business. So right there, probably removing hours of Google from your team, whether you're working solo or you do have a team, if you are doing reconciliation, this is where the bulk of your time is spent. So, you know, um, a feature like this on Relay would free up quite a bit of your time to be able to offer other services uh, to your clients. Now, hopping into the account section, you can have up to 20 checking accounts within Relay. So it's a great option if you do want to have multiple accounts open for any budgeting methods to be able to view your cash flow differently. So that's a really great feature that's in Relay. Uh, you open them up on your own uh, on your own accord here, and they're, they are true individual checking accounts. So they're not an envelope system or sub accounts. They are true individual checking accounts. Now, one major question I do want to um, talk to here is, you know, if you're using Relay with another banking relationship with many people do, you know, how do you connect to Relay? Now, Relay actually connects to 100% of U.S. banks. So it doesn't mean you necessarily have to leave your current bank, but if you do want to utilize the features that Relay has, you are able to use both of them together. So we've got the larger corporate banks listed here, but if you bank with something local, a credit union, you're able to directly input all the account information and connect directly. So pretty easy. Now let's That's, hop into uh, the- Deanna, yeah, uh, have- I don't know if you're going to steal your thunder, but can you, uh, <laughs> the, the cards, um, one, of, one of the things that I really, I discovered, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't realize that it was even a, an option is creating a virtual debit card uh, mm-hmm. because I, um, you, you can get cards, you can get cards sent to you. But, um, you know, working remotely as, as I do, uh, I needed to actually put in a, a actual card that I didn't have, uh, but you can actually create a virtual debit card right on the fly. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Thanks for, for calling that out, Dan. It is really flexible, especially as we've been, you know, to the theme of the conversation is virtual firms and, and how do you work around that? So if you do have staff, it is really great to set out, you know, 20 cards for your, your staff there. You can have up to 50 per business on Relay. So you do have that extra room to, to send out to whoever you need. And they can be virtual, but they can be physical. So you do have that option. And if you did create any cards, you as a business owner, you've got full control. So you can change the daily limits that you've already set. But at any time, you can also freeze the card and change the pin. So full control, which is really what we're all after, I think, with our banking. And tying this back to advisory services, Think about offering this personalized banking experience to your clients through your firm. 
if they have a card that gets lost or compromised, you can turn it off at a moment. They're the ones that call you. Uh, mm -hmm. When that happens, you can do it for them. You can provision a new account. You can turn off a checking account, set up a new one. A lot of times when bank fraud happens, it shuts down a business and it can be days or weeks before that gets resolved. Imagine if you could solve that for them. It may not happen very often. It may only happen to one client a year. It may not happen at all. But now that is something that you are adding value to all your clients all year round by, by being that backstop for them. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right. Like it might only happen once a year, but you're going to constantly remember that one time that it happened because typically it is always a very big headache. We actually did a case study on uh, an advisor that uses Relay and she had this example specifically was traveling, uh, wasn't able to, all of her cards had to be closed off. She was able to immediately create another virtual card. None of her business trip got impacted. So um, there's definitely a couple, well, couple questions about the cards that just came in that you can have physical cards, right? It's not, uh, it's not just a only virtual card. Um, and then the daily uh, limit usage, you, you, uh, you can limit the, uh, the, the card usage by, can you do that by employee? Um, yeah. So you can actually do it by vendor, car. Vendors. Uh, they are asking about the vendor specific purchases. Okay. So you can't um, control by vendor. You would be able to just set daily limits and daily ATM limits um, based on the card and whatever card holder that's sent out to. And, and Relay is actually a, a Canadian company, but is this only for U.S. Uh, banks uh, or only available in the U.S. or is it also available in Canada as well? So it is just available for U.S. registered businesses right now. Of course, we hope to launch in Canada in the future. I'm actually located in, in Toronto, Canada right now. So that's where I'm uh, I'm calling in from. But yes, we are a Canadian company, but only helping U.S. registered businesses. Got it. Awesome. So with the team tab here, Relay is built specifically for safe and secure collaboration. So whether that's your firm staff, your clients, employees, anybody and everybody can be invited to Relay. So if you're inviting your staff, you can invite them via email and you are in charge as a business owner on their permission level. So you can give them the basic options like read only and deposit only, but keep upping the permissions depending on their role as a business. Now, the same thing comes into play with advisors. So on Relay with the partner portal, you're able to invite your clients directly, but your clients are still in charge of what your permission level is. And it should be that way. So um, your options as an advisor on Relay, you have, of course, read-only. If you are doing bill paying, you have that option. You can also do an admin or super admin, which if you are offering uh, virtual CFO services and transferring in and out of Relay, that's the best option for you. Everybody wants to know how does this connect to QBO and uh, talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. So we integrate directly with QBO. So we've got a direct API with them, which means um, all of your information in the bank feed from Relay feeds directly into QBO. So the good news there is you'll no longer be dealing with broken bank feeds, which is another huge time suck for advisors. You're constantly reconnecting or pestering your clients to reconnect for you, depending on your access level. So you're able to connect to your QBO feed directly here, but we also connect to QBO for our bill pay option Relay Pro. So you would connect here as well. Now let's hop into payment options within Relay. So we've got two options. We've got standard Relay, which allows you to do at next day ACH for free and check payments for free. And it does allow domestic wires at $5, international wires at 10 a really cool feature within Relay is you're also able to require a W-9 form. So I know this sounds like music to your ears, especially after 1099 season, another <laughs> muted round of applause there. <laughs> and um, if you do require a W-9, your payee actually cannot receive payment until they provided you the W-9. So that's another great time saver for you within Relay. And again, opens you up to offering more services if you're not chasing these down uh, in December and January, right? I used this feature this year and I exported the report and I had everything I needed. It was magical. Amazing. A true testament right here. <laughs> awesome. And then lastly, I just want to touch on um, our accounts payable feature that's built into Relay. So it is called Relay Pro. 
It is a subscription. So it's the only cost involved with Relay. Everything we've looked at so far within Relay is free. Relay Pro is $30 monthly for any clients using it. And we built our accounts payable directly into your bank to make it faster for you to make payments, but also to consolidate for another app that you might not have to add in. So if you're doing your client's banking, reconciliation, and AP in one spot, hopefully that can cut down some time for you as well. Now with Relay Pro, what you get for the subscription is firstly, you get a direct sync between your Relay account and your QBO. So any unpaid bills that are populating in your QBO, they're gonna automatically sync into your Relay account every three hours. So they'll always show up directly under your unpaid bills here. Now, once you make a payment within Relay, uh, as soon as that payment is issued, that unpaid bill in QBO actually updates to a paid bill. So it leaves you and your team with one-click reconciliation, which is pretty nice. Now, about that, you're also able to set up approval workflows because what is AP without approvals? Uh, not very safe, that's for sure. So you can set up single and multi-stage approvals in Relay. But lastly, you do get access to unlimited same-day ACH payments and unlimited international and domestic wires. So all of that for $30 for your clients. Uh, this is what bills look like as they show up into Relay here. You can see the bill details and you can see we've got a multi-tiered approval on here. So your role as the advisor is to submit this for approval. That kick us, kicks off email notifications uh, to the advisors here, or sorry, the, the business owners. They approve it and you're able to submit payment um, after it has been approved. Now, Michelle and I are, are big fans of, of Relay because... You know, when we were when we were trying to set, uh, you know, make make QB Power Hour, you know, a legitimate thing, you know, setting up a bank account was one of the one of the the checks off the check of the box. Yeah. And this was during the pandemic, and um, getting into a bank uh, during the pandemic. <laughs> And, Next to uh, impossible, right? Well, not a, <laughs> yeah. But that had branches where he yeah. was located and where I was located. You know, right. that was the challenge. And, yeah. you know, so many businesses do operate remotely like that with people in various locations, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, we in a half an hour, our, our bank account was was set up uh, with with everything that was that was necessary to do that. I mean, it, it, I had asked, uh, you know, Michelle and I were trying to do this for months, <laughs> you know, and then in a half an hour, we were, we were up and running and ready to go. I mean, it's, a, it, it was just a huge, a huge win. And, uh, you know, really the, and the fact that everything is free up until, you know, the, the pro account, you know, doing those other things, you know, that is so against what traditional banks are, are all about. You know, they, they love feeing you to death. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to steal that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and not only that, but Deanna, you also mentioned it, just the seamless integration as, as far as bank feeds and everything. It's just, that is huge. And I think you guys have some benefit to seeing some of the problems that Intuit has with QuickBooks and bank feeds and all this stuff, that when Relay was created, you created it kind of from the ground up, if you will, to avoid some of those problems and issues and everything. And so it is the latest technology and connections. And it's just that time savings and annoyance is just huge for both us and our clients. So it, it is a great connection. Now, somebody did ask, does it integrate with desktop? It does not. We only integrate with QBO and Zero directly. Um, if you use another provider other than desktop, of course, um, we connect through Yodely and Plaid. If you happen to use like FreshBooks or something, but no desktop connection at this time. Thank you. So uh, I think, but you do you do create uh, the PDF statements, and and if you have a, a way to get those into into desktop, then you can of course use the bank feeds that way. But it's not a direct connection exactly. like uh, like you're talking about with uh, within QBL. You're exactly right. Yeah. So we've got five minutes left for questions. I just want to highlight this quote from my friend, Nicole McKenzie. She said that reconciling with Relay is up to five times faster than a traditional bank. There's no reason a business shouldn't be on Relay. It just makes everything so much faster. And that ties back to one of the questions I saw come through in the chat. It actually wasn't a question. It was more of a comment. It was something along the lines of, uh, you know, I, I, this is great, but I, I'm not really comfortable Getting my telling my clients what bank to use or advising my clients on on what bank. Dan, you give advice to clients all the time. 
And so how would you approach that conversation? When, when you're, when you're, do you have a debate with clients as to what technology you're going to use in your firm? Daniel, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so there is, there is core tech that is our tech stack. And then there is applications in the ecosystem. And so whether it's a relay or some other FinTech, like we really try to align the customer's needs or situation with the capabilities of the uh, service, uh, service provider or uh, vendor. Um, we, so one thing we don't do is we don't take any, um, I always use the word kickbacks and I shouldn't, uh, what do you guys call them? Um, Commission fees. Referral fees. Yeah. We don't take anything from vendors as a referral to customers. And I think that's important because, you know, we want to be as a, as a advisor, as a CFO, you want to really be vendor agnostic, but at the same time, you really want your customers to use tools that like make your life easier or that, you know, hopefully make, obviously makes sense for the customer too. Um, I think if, if it makes sense for the customer and it makes our life easier, it, it's a, it's a win-win. So uh, we always do. Let's go ahead and launch our last poll, Dan, before we run out of time. Would All you right, like to yes. partner with Relay? Yeah, and let's uh, let's talk about some of the some of the questions that uh, that popped up while this question is being answered. Yes. So, I, I've got a question here from Barbara. Is there is there setup support for requesting payee ACH information from the vendors to do a direct deposit, basically to vendors? So, Deanna, you want to jump in? Uh, yeah. I've, I That's use this myself cool. all the time. Where so I have a new vendor and. I need their ACH information. I can invite them to enter it into Relay directly. I don't have to get it from them via an insecure channel. Love that. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. amazing. And of course, I can go change it if I need to, right, and update it for them. Uh, I always say the the two really great things about requesting payment information for payees is, A, you're not chasing around in, in your own personal email, no sensitive info going there. But B, you know, it's not on you if there's a typo. <laughs> it's on the payee. So they all input it themselves. <laughs> And then um, does Relay do bill fetch? Can can you set it up to have uh, bills like emailed to a specific address or anything like that? I, I got it as the bills are coming from QBO into Relay. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can get the bills into QBO or into, then you can, if you get the bills into QBO, then they'll come into Relay. So however you want to do that. Um, I use HubDoc to get my bills into my GL. If you use auto entry or Dext or any of these other receipt processing tools, as long as it's in there, it'll come into Relay. And, and here's an important point. If um, let's say there's a bill that you don't wanna pay in Relay and you want it to not show on that list, you can just say Mark is paid and then it will disappear from the list. You don't have to worry about somebody paying it by accident. Um, can you accept payments from all around the world? Can you use the card if somebody's traveling internationally? Yeah. So one of the other features of the cards, whether it's it's virtual or physical, is you can um, check a box to allow foreign transactions. There's no fee for um, for using a relay card internationally. You'll just be charged whatever MasterCards, because they're a MasterCard debit card, um, whatever their current fee is when you're traveling. And then um, what was the first part of the question? What about receiving payments? If I have a client in the UK or in Canada, can I accept international payments? Yeah, there's a very, very short list of companies that are sorry, of countries that we cannot accept um, international wires from. But Canada, we definitely can. Uh, UK, we definitely can. I believe Olivia can post a link in the chat of which companies we cannot receive from. Um, but if that does happen, we usually suggest to use WISE to connect to any com uh, countries that we don't. And, you know, one of my favorite things about Relay is being able to spin up an account just to receive a payment. For, for from an international vendor. So you can give out that account number, routing number, and you don't have to worry about like that, that being out in the world for somebody to draw on your account from. It's just for an incoming payment. Awesome. Well, we've got some really great questions here. I don't know if any of you all have a hard stop um, or if any of the people have a hard stop, but um, if you can stay for a couple of minutes, we do have some more questions. I'm happy to stay. 
Okay. So those of you that do have to jump off, thank you for joining us today. Please follow up with Relay. It is amazing. Um, I encourage you to check it out. Um, but Dan, did you see any questions that you wanted to ask him? Yeah, there's uh, there's one here about the uh, bill approval process. Um, is there is there a way to to do that? As far as the when the bills come in, can they be approved uh, in in the Relay option? Yeah, absolutely. So you have the option within Relay Pro to set up both single and multi-stage approvals. We do it by dollar amount, so you're customizing every approval if you'd like. And then there was another question about um, clients who, who might open a separate bank account for each project. Um, can the can the client open sub accounts in this way? Or, yeah. Or so all it? of the all the checking accounts on Relay are true individual checking accounts, so we do not do sub accounts. Um, but if they are doing it for individual projects, that's very common. We do have a lot of, uh, you know, property investment or real estate companies that like to use Relay specifically for that. And you can open checking accounts on your own time, and you're able to close them just as easily if you're done with it. Um, it's it's all however you want to work it. I mean, it's no joke. You you click like add account. And the, there's a little spinny wheel, and in five seconds, you've got a new checking account with a number and a routing number. I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I think we've undercomplicated it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm producing podcasts now. So when I start a new show, I spin up a checking account for each show. And it's so intuitive for me to manage. I'm an accountant, but I prefer to, to manage the money in Relay and think about it in Relay and then do the accounting later, right? This is, this is how we should be thinking about funds management. Yeah, I mean, I uh, our our relay account was used. It, it was already attached to to a PayPal. I needed to pay something with PayPal. I just spun up a new account, attached that to my PayPal, and was able to use it. It was, yeah. it was, it was fantastic. Like it, all the obstacles that used to be in traditional banking are just totally eliminated uh, with with relay. I, I love I love the spinning up accounts, the accounts for every project kind of idea. And that really makes it easy because this is how our clients think. They think based on what's in their bank account. That's how they are used to managing their money. And we as accountants and bookkeepers, we spend so much time and effort trying to get them to look at our financial reports and manage their money that way. Do they really? Not really. They still look at their bank account. So why not just meet them where they're at and give them more bank accounts so they can put the money in different buckets and they can see it right there. It's they're not waiting on us to deliver a report at the end of the month. And no. can you group those multiple accounts together under one client? What? Well, oh, I, so, I might be confused with the question there, but each so, business on Sorry, go ahead. So let's say a client, somebody was using the example of job costing and each house has a separate account. So within that client, you would have all those sub accounts underneath that same client on our accountant dashboard. Is that correct or not? So I like believe if, you, you see the, uh, the clients are, it's by entity. So okay. legal entity. So if you had, a, if your developer client had a legal entity for every different house, they would be gotcha. on the dashboard of each, each individual. Thank you. And then this is a, a general a question. Can I here. jump Do in we, for a second? Yes, Michelle, go ahead. I, I, I think you've brought up something interesting. Uh, so can I have a bank account for every project and will those bank accounts show up as individual bank accounts on my QBO dashboard? Yeah, yes. Cool. Yeah. So you just, yeah. you just, but you have to turn on the sync for the new account when you add it. So right. I add a new account. I say, I want to sync this into QBO. And now it syncs over. Is that how it works, Deanna? Yeah, you got yeah. it. Cool. You so know, actually, yeah. It makes the I bookkeeping easier in many ways, because you can say every transaction in this account gets coded to this class. And I just encourage people, if you have real specific situations like that for your some of your clients or whatever, they have the link there to book a demo. Um, I encourage you to contact Relay and talk to them about, hey, I have a client that needs this, and they can help you to illustrate how you can do it and, and how it would work in Relay and things like that. So remember in the slides, you had that book a demo link, and we put it in the chat and Q&A as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we all do 
have unique client situations, right? And, and sometimes <laughs> it is worth, sometimes you have many, you know, sometimes your whole client list is unique situation. So it's definitely worth talking through and, and seeing if it is a good fit. Yes. And, and you can't beat the price. <laughs> Did you say free again? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So everything is free. And then the, the paid subscription would be is for the bill pay. The, and, and it's for the pro bill pay. So even the basic sending checks and ACHs is actually included in the free relay. Mm -hmm. Right, Deanna? Yeah, absolutely. Very free. And you're just upgrading for the accounts payable if you want to add in the cost. But you know, a lot of advisors like to niche for startups or smaller, smaller businesses. And you can't argue with a, a free bank, you know, if they're not impacting your cash flow there, which is, it's pretty great for a new business too, right? Mm -hmm. Well, this was fantastic. I think it was a great, uh, great conversation. Thank you, Daniel and, and Blake for joining us here today. And also Deanna uh, for, uh, for showing us uh, how, you know, some of the, the, the tech trends, uh, and, and how they can be, you know, funneled or, or uh, focused with, uh, with, with, uh, with Relay. Uh, so we really appreciate you being here and we appreciate everybody uh, joining us. And uh, we'd love to, to see you guys next week or next, next time on the, on the QB Power Hour. Michelle, you want uh, to? Just thank you, add? everybody, for joining us. It was great. You had great information. Um, Daniel, Blake, Deanna, and Madison in the background. Thank you all. Great info. And Dan, I hope you enjoy Mardi Gras and don't enjoy too much today. <laughs> it's getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. I, everybody have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.